This is the Round Robin Diplomacy Podcast with our finance lens on Israel. I'm your host, Adi DeVaker. So a lot of you may be wondering, what is going on in the world of finance? Stocks seem to be cratering. Inflation seems to be rising at historic levels. People worldwide seem to be quitting their jobs. It sounds pretty bad, but then again, we're living in volatile times. We have the worldwide pandemic, geopolitical issues that are involving every major power. All of this means that the world of finance will not be straightforward or clear for a good while. But that doesn't mean that you should start buying canned foods and heading for the bunkers. I'll explain to you why all you need to do is wait this out. Most listeners are probably not invested in the Israeli stock exchange, and that's why we're going to be talking about it today. Your money is not involved, so it's easier to digest these topics. I'll explain why the Israeli economy is a good proxy for understanding the American finance system and why this means you just have to sit tight. Let me be very clear. I am not a professional financial advisor, and I am just reporting on established, double-checked sources to give you a better understanding of the world. None of this episode is investment advice or what you should be doing with your money. When you think of the American economy, most people are going to start thinking about Apple, Amazon, Tesla, and other heavy hitters. And that's a great start. In fact, 19% of the American economy is industry-focused, and these companies definitely contribute on this end. They also contribute a lot more to services, which make up 80% of the U.S. economy. The rest is usually agriculture and a lot smaller industry. Now, when you look at the Israeli economy, it's definitely all right to draw a blank. But surprisingly, their economy, although it measures only up to 15% of our GDP, has a very similar spread of services, industry, and agriculture, with services being 70% of its economy, industry being 25, and agriculture being 2. So why should I compare the economies if Israel's GDP only ranks 27th in the world? Well, Israel's population is only 2% of the American population, but 320 million people fewer produces an economy that beats 150 other nations on the planet. So that's why it's a great indicator of Israeli performance and why it's a good proxy for understanding the American system, since it's so similar. And that's exactly what we'll compare and contrast today. So what's been going on in Tel Aviv? Tel Aviv is the business capital in Israel just like New York is for us, and serves as a major hub for the region. They've roughly been following the same patterns as the U.S. Their average salary fell 2.6% in 2021, but only in the entertainment and leisure sectors, which during a global pandemic with several waves is to be expected. In fact, the average salary for high-tech, financial tech, and real estate went up. These are hot markets in Israel right now, and they have been for multiple years running. So that's an indicator of Israel facing the same global challenges but seeing a strong economy grow. This is the same with the United States. You may have heard of the Great Resignation. Four million Americans quit their jobs or switched. That's 40% of the population of Israel right there. That being said, American tech salaries still grew by 4-6% to depending on which metropolitan area you're in. It gives me a little relief knowing that a micro case of the same phenomenon is producing results for Israel. Our economy is significantly larger, so it may just be the case that this process is slower or is playing out across more sectors. Another indicator that shows Israel is facing the same global challenges as we are is the Consumer Price Index, or the CPI. Think about the CPI as what you would possibly encounter in a day. The price of eggs, coffee, clothing, gas, cars, produce, housing, and electricity are all present in your daily life. 
This basket of ingredients makes up a country's CPI. In Israel, the CPI rose 2.8%. A little inflation is good for any country, but this may be a little strong for the smaller country. It's targeting a 1.8 inflation rate for next year. For the US, our CPI is 7%, which is also our inflation rate. Everything from eggs, used cars, energy bills, and clothing all increased in price for the US. 7% is historically high for the US, but we also have a lot more say in lowering this number where Israel does not. The Fed Chair Jerome Powell said he will increase interest rates by March, and interest rates combat inflation directly. It may take a couple more months for it to actually affect the US economy, but we're generally trending in the right direction. Now let's talk about the elephant in the room, or more accurately the bear in the room. Think about the stock market on a day-to-day -day basis or a month-to-month -month basis as a collective thoughts and vibes forum for Wall Street. With the S&P 500 falling since January because of CPI, Putin in Ukraine, and another couple factors like the Great Resignation, we've seen a crazy slump in 2022. But on a year-to-year -year basis and a decade-to-decade -decade basis, these will look like nothing more than road bumps. Here's why it's relevant for Israel. In the last couple weeks, 50% of Israeli stocks on the market have fallen. This is because Tel Aviv's stock market has been worried about the large segment of Jews living in Russia and Ukraine. And Israeli companies like Wix, Fiverr, Plarium, and others have roughly 15,000 to 17,000 employees dispersed across Ukraine, according to one of these Israeli companies' studies. If the crisis in Eastern Europe continues, obviously no one knows how the stock market will react. Again, it is essentially running on thoughts and prayers on a day-to-day -day basis now. But we do know for a fact that a decade-long war is unreasonable and usually unthinkable. We can expect the stock market to rise back at some point in a few months or in the next year. The same goes for the US stock market. Since 1975, the average rate of return for the S&P 500 has been around 10%. That means that the entire Afghanistan, Iraq, and Syrian wars still net American investors an average of 10% on their investments. Think about it this way, if the worst wars in American history can still get the stock market to bounce back, you should not have any worries long term. So to summarize, Israel's economic makeup looks a lot like the US, and we can rely on that as a proxy because Israel punches far above its weight on the global stage. It is the 27th largest GDP for a country that only comprises 2% of the US population. Israel's economy has been experiencing a lot of similar things the US economy has been seeing. Both have an increase in CPI and inflation, both have high growth real estate, high tech, and fintech firms. Salaries are increasing on average in these sectors, and the stock market is facing geopolitical struggles more so than a glaring sign that we're entering depression. Again, I am not a financial advisor or expert. I am just providing up-to-date data and information and giving you my thoughts. And with that, that's our business lens on Israel. For more on Israel this week, stay tuned for the sports spotlight on Denny Avdia, the Israeli forward on the Washington Wizards. Thank you very much for tuning in.